Broadcasting and streaming worldwide from the Golf Club Studios, it's the Golf Club Radio Show with Danielle Tucker. Ah, Danielle, it's Ben Crenshaw. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to go out and play golf today, but you know what? It might be a whole lot of fun because, after all, golfers are ducks, and we go out regardless of what the weather is. There's a wind advisory for all of the islands, mainly, and not maybe the big island, but, you know, a wind advisory. There's a high surf advisory for east-facing shores. That'll be fun to watch from a distance. And, of course, it's been raining. How much has it been raining? It's been raining so hard on Maui, for instance, the back nine at Wailea on the Emerald Course. Yes, it's closed. They hope it drains and they'll be able to, you know, maybe get it open at some point. But right now you can play the Emerald Course twice. The back nine won't be played, but you can play the front nine twice. They've got an 840, a 10 o'clock, and an 11 o'clock. Poipu Bay, it's cart path only. That means, and it's really, really wet, they say. There's an 840, a 1020, and 11 o'clock. And the Southside Men's Club, they're going out this morning. You know, they don't care. Like ducks, right, guys? Okay. And then Pearl Country Club, you've got an 1150 that you can snag. It's the only open at Pearl Country Club, and they've been sold out three weeks straight. So we got mostly cloudy skies, windy conditions, frequent showers, on the windward side, scattered showers on the leeward side. So maybe the Makaha course, the east course, they've got a 1230, a 1239, a 1248. You can scramble over there and have a really nice day. It's actually been sunny on the leeward side. A couple of other news notes just in. Tokyo Olympics organizers banning spectators from outside Japan in the pandemic control measure. So they will be holding the Tokyo Olympics. Of course, golf will be there as well. The International Olympic Committee says vaccinations, while encouraged, are not mandatory for athletes and members of the national teams. And so we're moving on. That's pretty incredible. Um, Also, they had a major earthquake in Japan, 7.2, Honshu, Japan, no tsunami threat to Hawaii. Okay, and we didn't hear of any damages in the islands of Japan. We've got a great show for you today. We've got Mike Johnson, equipment editor. We're going to focus on what women's clubs are like. Maybe you just have to make some choices. Jeff Brower is the American Society of Golf Course Architects member and past president. We're going to be talking about the Junior Golf Design Challenge. Claude Brousseau, the two T's in golf. That'll destroy your game. So you need to hear this. And Ron Syrak, Golf Channel contributor, LPGA special correspondent. It is the first event on the road to the LPGA, the Symmetra Tour. We'll check in with Ron right after this. My name is Danielle Tucker, and this is The Golf Club. Streaming worldwide from sunny Hawaii, it's Danielle Tucker's The Golf Club Radio Show. Brought to you by these fine sponsors. Dr. Carlson Spine and Pain Clinic in Kailua, MD Restoration, Floods, Broken Water Pipes, 24-7 Cleanup, RCM Construction, your contractor for concrete spalling repairs. Welcome to the Golf Club Radio Show. And now we're going to go right to Ron Syrak, Golf Channel contributor, LPGA special correspondent, PGA of America Lifetime Achievement and Journalism Award recipient, LPGA Media Excellence Award recipient, and author with Lynn Marriott and Pia Nilsson. 
the Vision 54 trilogy. Play your best golf now, the game before the game, and every shot must have a purpose. That's published in eight languages, and he's covered way more than 160 majors. He's the man. Okay, welcome into the clubhouse, Ron. Thanks for having me on, Danielle. Always a pleasure. Ah, it's a pleasure having you here. So this is the Symmetra Tour opening today, the 41st season of this developmental tour, uh, the road to the yeah. LPGA. Wow. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's existed under various different names, but it's settled into the Symmetra Tour for, for about the last decade now, and it's just become a really, really reliable feeder pipe into the uh, into the LPGA. Uh, you know, in the last last 10 years, we've had, uh, two major champions, uh, Hannah Green and Mo Martin, come through there. Uh, Nellie Corda, who's number three ranked in the world, was a winner on the Symmetric Tour. A bunch of Solheim Cup players for both the United States and Europe. And uh, and if you look now at the field that they have this week in Phoenix, uh, there's a couple of amateurs in the top ten, including the leader, uh, who are playing, uh, well, one's playing college golf and one's going into college uh, in, in the fall, who, who really, really give you just uh, uh, an incredible taste of, what the future holds for women's golf. Yeah, I, I'm glad you went straight to that because that was my next question. Olivia Mahaffrey, uh, an amateur, um, is she out of Scotland, I think it is? I, Ireland, yeah. She's Ireland. Irish and she's playing college golf at Arizona State University. Wow. Uh, you know, and uh, she's got the lead right now. And in ninth place is Rose Zhang, who's 17 years old from California. Uh, she's the reigning now U.S. women's amateur champion and is uh, supposed to go into Stanford in the fall. Uh, you know, I mean, it's the Symmetric Tour is where you see you can see tomorrow's stars today. And, and uh, uh, if you look at what the LPGA has done uh, over the last few years now of taking control to at least some extent of not just the LPGA Tour, but the Ladies European Tour and the uh, and the Symmetric Tour, that, that, that they've got these two two real, real strong feeder pipes of talent into the big tour, into the LPGA. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking at one of the players. Um, didn't she just win something like um, $100,992? Jenny Coleman, um, the LPGA Drive-On Championship that Austin Ernst won for... She, won she finished third there, yeah, she finished third, yep. Uh, wow. Also in the field is Emily Christine Pedersen, uh, who won four tournaments on the Ladies European Tour last year, including three in a row. She won the last three tournaments of the year. Yeah, that's... Oh, there's, there's some serious talent there. There is. There truly is. And, and when I was thinking of Jenny and her uh, twin sister, uh, that $100,000 is going to come in real handy, winning that on the LPGA Drive-On Championship tournament in it um, on the LPGA. She has a real cushion because I was looking at the 130 players who are playing in this 41st season of the developmental tour, um, 300 players from at least 40 countries, and the purse is not that big. I mean, it's like $200,000 for the entire field. Yeah, it's tough. You know, you look at them on the men's tour, and, you know, we keep talking about disparity and lack of equality uh, uh, in, in terms of prize money for men and women, and, and there's nothing more uh, more dramatic than the developmental tour and the men's tour, the corn ferry tour. You can make a living out there. You can go out there and you could you could win two hundred thousand dollars yourself. You know, uh, easily on, on that tour. You know, the leading money winner probably will win a four hundred thousand dollars on the corn ferry tour. 
which is twice the total amount of money that, that they're playing for in the symmetric sport. Right. Um, it- I think that that's, that'll be something that'll be one of the challenges for the next LPGA commissioner is to try to uh, um, not only be driving the purses up on the LPGA tour, but drive those purses up on the symmetric tour and on the LET too, so that, so that women playing all those different levels of, of uh, professional golf have a chance to make a living. Have you ever asked any of them how much it costs them a year to attempt on the Symmetra Tour to get to the LPGA Tour or to become professional golfers and actually earn a living? If you're doing it really, really on a shoestring, you know, uh, and, and, and the Symmetra Tour does a great job of they'll find host families for the players so they don't have to spend on a hotel and things like that. But, but you know, you're still talking about uh, sixty, seventy, seventy-five thousand dollars $75,000 a year. Wow. Uh, you know, because you got to... You know, uh, it, are you going to employ a caddy? You've got travel expenses. You've got food expenses. Uh, as I said, they, 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 they try to help as much as they can with housing to make, to make that easier. But it, it's, it's, it's not cheap to travel the country playing golf. No, no. In the, in the old days, when Marilyn Smith and 12 others yeah. were founding the LPGA, they were driving in cars together, right? Pit stops on the way? Yeah, yeah. That, Yep, they 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 travel in, in car caravans from tournament to tournament, both for the economics of it and also they traveled in caravans also for safety reasons. You know, it was uh, uh, a bunch of a bunch of women traveling out there alone in the 1950s, going through going through the uh, the back roads of America. They're not the safest way to go, and they'd communicate with each other by um, sticking a ping pong paddle out the window. If you know, if one of the cars. Wanted to pull over to make a pit stop or something. They they signal the other. You know there were no cell phones. No. Wow. So they would just they'd stick a ping pong paddle out the window, and that meant uh, pull over at the next gas station. You see. Wow, that's wonderful. <laughs> Such insight. Thank you very much. You know, talking about you know making more money available to women to win on the tours through the sponsors. Um, I got to ask you. There was some conversation about course setup, making the LPGA and the Symmetra Tour, for that matter, making the um, women have an easier time playing aggressively and getting on the, on the green, kind of like the men are now, so that they, it's not so hard to score. So it looks like they're really dominating. Is it about the course setup? Well, to a degree, it's about the course setup. I mean, on the men's side, uh, uh, the courses, uh, they haven't made the courses shorter. The men are just hitting the ball so far right now. The courses have become shorter. Um, but I do think on the women's side, you know, there's a difference between a short course doesn't mean it's an easy golf course. Uh, in fact, I, my gut feeling on everything is that the, that the powers of be have reacted to how far people are hitting the golf ball the wrong way. I don't think making the golf courses longer is the right way to go because that just caters to the longer hitters. Um, it's to make them shorter and more strategic. And, uh, and, and I think that that's, you know, that's what some people are saying that the LPGA should be doing is to make uh, more par fives reachable, but not, not reachable in the sense that you still have to make a risk-reward decision uh, and uh, uh, to, to have drivable par fours, but not drivable par fours. You just knock the ball down by the green there's a risk-reward decision to be made. And I, I think that that brings not only more scoring opportunities into play, but it brings more excitement into play. You know, uh, I know that when I was at the Solheim Cup uh, in Des Moines in 2017, 
the very first hole, and I thought it was brilliant that they did it the first hole, was a drivable par four, wow. a downhill par four. And, and it was you had to make a decision right out of the box, your first shot of the day. All right, am I going to try to go for this green, or do I hit a layup shot? And so I, I, I do think bringing shortening courses doesn't mean you're making the golf course easy. It means, it, it means that you're bringing more decision-making into the process. And that's going to be good for both the players and the fans if they go that route. Yeah, and, it, and in the process, it would make be better for television. Because in television, you know, you want to see those kinds of moments where it just keeps you tuned in. And through tele- television, don't they make a lot of money that then goes to the players eventually? Oh, one of the... One of the highlights of last year, you know, was uh, Colin Morikawa driving the 16th hole at uh, uh, um, uh, at Harding Park uh, to win the PGA Championship. You know, and that was just that was just just a thrilling moment there. So uh, yeah, it, it, it will televise better. It will be better for fans uh, in general. I mean, I look I, to me the fact that uh, it does not bother me at all. There's only been 159 shot in the history of the LPGA because the 159 was shot by the greatest player of the modern era of women's golf, Annika Sorenstam, and that was done 20 years ago. It doesn't bother me all that, at all that only one player has averaged under 69 for a season on the LPGA because that one player was Annika Sorenstam. I mean, I, I like that, that the LPGA is protecting its numbers. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I don't want... And I and this is more of it's having more of an impact on the men's pro game than the women's pro game. I I, I don't want distance in golf to become um, to golf what steroids became to baseball, you know. And all those home run records that were the home run records that I cherished when I was a kid growing up all became blown away and irrelevant because of, of this outside force being brought into the game. Yeah, so I, I like the degree of difficulty remaining. Yes. Yes, I, and I think all of us feel that way. We just don't know how to express it because you right. know, well. It and and getting the, and the shorter game. You know, to me, it should be about the art of the game of golf. I love the art of the game of golf. And shorter courses, I think, bring the art of the game in there more. You're not going to play bomb and gouge golf. You're gonna you're gonna try to, and you're gonna have to, as I said, make those decisions. Do I take the risk going for this green and two? And if I miss, maybe going in the water. Yeah, so it, I take the risk of driving this par four, or if I miss it, going in the water. Those are those. Are, I love those decisions. And it was interesting watching uh, Bryson DeChambeau on a shorter course, not being able to use his driver and just getting there, and the challenges that he faced himself, having to rein himself in and make those decisions. One of the reasons the British Open golf courses have held up so well against modern technology is is um, um, Lynx Golf. The bunkering over there, there's so many bunkers. The fairways are hard and fast. Uh, you get some wind going. You can't just step on a tee of a par four and, and just routinely pull your driver out. You've got to know your run-out distances, the bunkers. You've got to position the ball. You've got to play the ball uh, around the golf course, and you just can't slash at it, go find it, and hit it again because you may find it in the pot bunker, and you've got to hit it out backwards. So uh, that's, you know, that's what we got to keep in the game, the, those decision-makings. And, and to me, too, man, I think for the recreational game, one of the challenges we face is to get everybody to play the correct tees for them. And, you know, the, the, I, I see guys all the time, you know, you, 
you see a 32-year-old man who's got a 14 handicap and he wants to play from the tips, you know? <laughs> All that does, you're going to have a miserable day, and the people behind you are going to have a miserable day. Uh, play, play the golf course from tees that you can handle and enjoy the game. We had, we had a guy in my men's league. Uh, he's a house painter here, 75 years old, still climbs a ladder in his flip-flops to paint houses. But we were talking to him. We convinced him to move to the forward tees in our men's league. He moved to the forward tees, 75 years old. His first on the golf on the forward tees, he shot a 74, shot his age, you know, broke his age. And we're like saying, isn't it more fun? I mean, golf's more fun when it's fun. You know, let's not beat ourselves up with the game. It's hard enough. Yeah, you can go home feeling like you've been victorious. <laughs> you you want to have, you know, when the, in 2014, when they had the dual U.S. Opens at Pinehurst, uh, they, they played the men first and they played the women. And USJ did a brilliant job that week of setting the course up for the women. They gathered data from the men all week. They actually paid caddies to give them the clubs and that, that the players, that the men were hitting into each green on each hole. Then they set the golf course up backwards for the women. They would set it up from the green back to the tee because their idea was, okay, on number four, we want them hitting seven irons in here. So where do we set the tee so that they have a seven iron in? And they structured the course in a way. And if you go back and look at it, except for Martin Keimer, who ran away to win with the men, Michelle Wee won it for the women, and she had the same score, two under par, as the person who finished second uh, on the men's side. Wow. So he ended up producing for men and women at different yardages on the same golf course, the exact same score for the, for the winner. You know, that's, that's brilliant golf course setup. That is brilliant. I was just going to say the exact, that's brilliant golf course setup. That's what we need to do. We need to set up the golf courses in a way uh, that's, this is awesome. Uh, Ron Syrak, uh, this is really always a pleasure talking with you. Golf channel contributor, LPGA, Correspondent writes for the LPGA. You can always find his writing there. But before we close, I have to talk to you. Uh, one one thought came up. You you get a chance to speak with some of the the greats in this game who um, you know we don't see in competition anymore, but they've been in competition and they're watching the game. Uh, Shirley Spork, uh, Renee Powell, Nancy Lopez, um, all, all the Michelle Bateman. What do they say about what they're watching, the changes in the game? You know, I think that they are all uh, totally amazed. At, well, the two things that they, they see is that the, uh, the athletes are better athletes now than they were in their day, and the equipment's better now than it was then. You know, the game has changed so much, but, but, but they know it's, it, it's for the better out there. You know, I used to – and the other thing they noticed uh, – my old buddy, who's no longer with us, Louise Suggs, uh, she liked to go up to somebody. Somebody uh, would win an LPGA tournament. And Louise would go up to her and say, you just won more money today than I won in my entire career, and I won 61 times. Wow. You know? <laughs> and, and, and so that, that's the other thing that they've noticed is the prize money has increased significantly. And uh, the women have made enormous – and the women are playing for $75 million on the LPGA this year. That's pretty good. That's, it's still one fifth what the men are playing for. At seventy-five million. Uh, Mike Wan almost doubled it in his commissionership uh, as uh, uh, in total prize money. You hearing anybody uh, name dropped on who may be taking over that position when Mike leaves in the summer? 
I think they're early. They they have a search firm, and and uh, uh, they are. Uh, there are. I think they're early in the process. Mm. Um, uh, I I think that one thing that's for sure is the job is way way more attractive now than it was in 2009 <laughs> when Mike Wan took it yes. because because the tour had no tournaments, no sponsors, and the world was in the midst of a recession, and uh, um, and and now. Whoever's taking it over from Mike is taking over a very, very strong product. It's got a new TV contract kicking in next year, and, uh, and it's my feeling, for what it's worth, that the LPGA is the second most valuable property in, in golf behind the PGA Tour. Uh, it, it, I, I think it is the second most uh, uh, entertaining uh, uh, in, uh, tour that's out there. Yeah. No question. No question. Ron Zyrak, LPJ contributor, PJ of America Lifetime Achievement and Journalism Award recipient, as well as the LPJ Media Excellence Award. And check out one of his books with Pio Nilsson, of course, and Lynn Marriott. Play your best golf now, The Game Before the Game, or Every Shot Must Have a Purpose. It's published in eight languages, and I'm sure you'd like to read it in your language. It'd be much more uh, insightful for you. Ron, thanks for being on the show. Aloha, Danielle. Always a pleasure. Always. Aloha. We're going to come back. We're going to talk with Claude Brousseau, PJ Master Director of Instruction over there at Wailea Golf Club on Maui, where, of course, the uh, Emerald Course Pack 9 is not open because it's flooded. Um, he is the Golf Channel Academy lead coach and the Marquis Who's Who now. We'll be back with Claude Brousseau, PGA Master, after this. My name is Danielle Tucker, and this is The Golf Club. Stay tuned. We'll be hitting the greens with Danielle Tucker when we return to The Golf Club. After 35 years in business, Aloha Power Equipment is moving to a larger location. Now it's all gotta go. Shindaibu and Mariyama up to 25% off. Honda lawnmower starting at $329. Honda EU2200i generators for $999. All fuel, oil, and lines 25% off. Save big on used equipment, unclaimed repair jobs, display stands. Everything must go. Aloha Power Equipment's moving sale. The month of September. Come early for the best selection. Weed it, whack it, mow it, blow it. Aloha Power Equipment, Sand Island and Waipahu. What's worse than living with constant pain? Not doing anything about it. Back, neck, hip, knee, all things chronic pain. Who do I see? Dr. Jonathan Carlson at Hawaii Pain and Spine Clinic on Oahu, where the aloha spirit meets innovation and patient care. Dr. Carlson is a double board certified pain specialist. Call 452-1379 now. Don't spend another hour in pain. Go to hawaiipain.com for more information. Call 452-1379-452-1379 for an appointment at Hawaii Pain and Spine. Reclaim your life with Dr. Carlson. What does your company sell? Do you provide a service, fill a need, sell insurance or real estate that must have new car? Become a sponsor of Danielle Tucker's The Golf Club Radio Show. We reach a pure target audience of business owners. Let us help you. We have affordable rates. It's easy to do. 
Email Rick at RadioGolfClub.com or call Rick at 808-220-1000. Reach the people like you who are too busy running their business. Rick at RadioGolfClub.com or call Rick at 808-220-1000. Got my new book, Three Tips to Play Better Golf. Practice, practice, practice. Now back to Danielle Tucker. Oh, the two T's that destroy your golf swing. Claude Brousseau, PGA Master, Director of Instruction, Wailea Golf Club at the Wailea Golf Course on Maui. And this um, also Golf Channel lead coach. And Claude, welcome into the clubhouse. Hello, Danielle. Thank you very much for having me as a guest. It's always a privilege to talk golf with your listener. And, you know, it's it's wondering now since 19, 1899, 1899, um, this prize or this who's who has been, it was first printed back then. Uh, what is the gentleman's name? Because I know I'm mispronouncing it. Um, the Marquis- I don't know who really uh, started it, though, but... Um, I know it's the Marquis Who's Who uh, publication, so Who's Who in America. Yeah. The, Basically, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's the Marquis, and it's called the Marquis yep. Who's Who, and I wasn't sure if I was mispronouncing that. Um, chronicling the lives of the most accomplished individuals and innovators from every significant field of endeavor, politics, business, medicine, law, education, art, religion, entertainment, sports, and... You are now in the who's who list. Claude Rousseau, congratulations. Thank you so much, Daniel. It's a, it's a nice honor to uh, be um, part of this um, publication because they recognize people who are uh, making a difference in the, in the society and then they have uh, demonstrated um, outstanding achievements. So when you look back... Uh, I've been in the golf business now for over uh, 30 years and um, be uh, dedicated to help golfer, and then they recognize me. So I'm humbled but proud at the same time. Yeah, you should be. You should be. And I've been teasing everybody for since the show started about the, the two things that destroy the golf swing, the TNT that destroys the golf swing. And we really have to explain this because um, – you know, people are wondering, what is it, before I go out, you know, what is going to destroy my golf swing? What are the two T's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, I like to communicate in a way that people remember and make it simple. So the two T's, the first T, it's not the thing you put in the ground on the first T. But the first T is thinking too much at the ball. That's a destroy your swing. There is a place where you think it's before you address the ball. But at the ball, if you start to think too much, it, it, it par- I call that it paralyzes the athlete in you that know how to swing. It's an athletic swinging motion. If you really think of any other sport, you, let's say you're playing soccer, just as an example. If you want to kick the ball, you're not telling yourself, oh, I'm not too sure if I will kick it. Would I kick it at the right place? Do I need to bend my front knee 45 degree, bend my back arm? And then that's a little bit because somebody would run with the ball. You're still thinking there. But in golf, that's most of the time the players that I coach, 
when I ask them, what, what, what are you doing over the ball? Oh, man, they have a list of first what they don't want to do. <laughs> yes. So I don't want to miss it. Uh, I don't want to go in the water. And then that list could be very long. And then now that's thinking too much. Then they got a second list, Danielle. This is like, oh, my God, how they can play golf that way. So now the second list is everything they need to do in about 1.6 seconds because the golf swing lasts about 1.6 seconds for everybody. But that list is going on and on and on, you know, like keep your arms straight, keep your head down, and and then I can go on long. So thinking too much over the ball is not a good thing. You need to be an athlete that swing a club as fast as you can efficiently to move the ball towards a target. So that's the first T. That's that's the first tee. So it was interesting. Um, it, what is it? Between four and nine seconds, the best performers take yep. when they're when you know studies have measured, as you were saying, how much correct. time the best performers spend over the ball is between four and nine seconds. And that's correct. I'm certain that I spend a lot more time staring at that ball, <laughs> thinking about okay, what. Okay, you part of a very very <laughs> large club, Danielle. So I'm I'm looking at. People says yes, there is study done that the best performer in this game, by the time that, let's say, they start every shot behind the ball, so the ball is between them and the, and the hole, let's say, or the target, by the time they start to step towards the ball, get the address position, look at the target, and the ball is in the air, for most of them, it's in between four and nine seconds. Wow. The recreational golfer, I call them, your listener and people who come here and, you know, seek my expertise, they're over the ball for 30 seconds. I'm saying, uh, I like that. I, I, I'm not sure if that code is that accurate, but somebody says the ED played a, a program with uh, Lee Trevino, and then he says, you know what, guys and ladies today, we will have fun, but miss it quick. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. Miss it quick so we can move on. Yes, joking with that, but meaning at the ball, staying there longer doesn't help. Doesn't help. Then often people, when I share that information, people say, oh, yes, Claude, but I will start to do that when I get better. Oh. And I say, okay, you got that backward. Start to do that now, and then you will get better. That's great. See, see, there, there is a plus in not standing over the ball and staring at it because as you stand over the ball and you're thinking all of these things that you've got to do right to make it go to where you want it to go, you're always staring, A, at the ball so that you hit it because, gosh, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss the ball. You don't want to top the ball. Uh, you don't want to hit the ground. All these different things that you're thinking about, and you're not going to go anywhere. So... What's the second T in TNT? Okay. So they're, they're working together because, you see, the second T is tension. <laughs> but guess what? The longer you stay there to think, then the second T comes in play. It's, it creates more muscular tension in your body. And then we know, study have been done on that as well, any athlete in any sport the muscle works and performs better when they are relaxed. So 
Now, how can you be more aware of your tension in your body? So there is a couple of ways you do it. Um, you, you can, when you train, let's say, at the practice facility or even on the course before you go, you will do a practice swing where you really squeeze that grip as much as you can. Your knuckles are white, <laughs> and then you feel tension in your shoulders everywhere, and you, you try to move the club that way. Then you say, whoa, okay, that's too much tension. So how do we get rid of the tension? Everybody has that tool, and it's a very simple one, Danielle. It's breathing. So you want so me to breathe? You, if, That's all there is to it? A, if you take a, a deep breath and then you exhale slowly, that takes the tension out of your body. I, I just, I've just felt, because as I was thinking about standing over the ball, I felt my shoulders getting all twisted around my ears. <laughs> And as I was breathing in and exhaling, I felt everything go back down to where they're supposed to sit. So that's very good. That's a really good. Um, and as you say, you'll be amazed at how well you perform. I, you know, some some people are staring at that ball so much. So is it the ball I should be looking at, or should I be looking at something else in this whole process? That's a very good question, Danielle. There. So I always ask that question to the golfer. I will give you two options, but you can only select one. Would you rather hit the ball or hit the target? It's a target game. So your focus should be on where you want to move the ball towards. So to answer your question, the ball is part of the equation. Of course, it's very important. So I like to use analogy for people that they can use something else they do. I often say, okay, let's say we live in Hawaii, you go and swim in the ocean. While you are swimming, how much time do you really think about the water? People say, I don't think about that. Or I will say, okay, you ride a bike. How much time do you focus on the bike? No, you're looking where you want to go. And if you swim, you're breathing and you're moving your body. So it's an athletic swinging motion. So, the, so what you need to do is you need to focus. It's like throwing a ball. I'm not l- looking at the ball that's in my hand. I'm looking at where I want that ball to go. It's really hard for people to make the club an extension of themselves and trust that it will follow through and actually come in contact with the ball. And that's something that you can only, I assume, because as director of instruction at Wailea Golf Club, um, that you, you know, after a while, people do feel like the club is just a natural extension of their body? Yes, they do, Danielle. And it comes a lot quicker than people may think because it's all about uh, uh, making a switch in your mindset and your clear intention. And then I will see why people get it a lot quicker than they think. It's because now they're aware. That's the biggest asset for the golfer. Be aware of where your body is in the space and where is the club. So just by paying attention on something else than the ball, then your body starts to focus, oh, there is a club there, how I move it, how I'm in balance. And the human brain is a very, very smart machine. If you give the human brain a target, a goal, it will seek for it. 
That's wonderful. If you give the brain a target, it will seek out the target, and it'll use whatever you give it to accomplish the mission. And you, you know, and then comes practice, 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 practice. Yes, <laughs> practice, practice, practice. But it may, many times we read or we hear somewhere that practice make perfect. I, I totally disagree with that. Practice make permanent. Ooh, that's not the same thing. So you have to be very careful what you're practicing. So are you practicing to just hit the ball or are you practicing to play golf? Because that's it. not the same thing. So, of course, when you go at the, the practice facility, you need to have a game plan. I strongly suggest to practice with short period of time, meaning everybody has a phone there, put a timer on your phone, and then decide that you will uh, want it to be better at one scale. And do that for 10 minutes. When the 10 minutes sound, you know, uh, alarm goes on your phone, take a break, do something else. So to come back to the two T's, you need to practice not thinking of the ball. That's as important as your grip, your aiming, striking the ball solidly. So you can say, okay, I'm going to practice here today. Uh, the first five balls, I will um, just make sure that I'm aware over the ball that I'm not thinking too much. What is your level of tension? And then I will say, always save some time towards the end of your session to play golf at the range or at the practice facility. What I mean by that is, in your mind, design a fairway on your course. Let's say you say, I'm playing hole number one here at Emerald, uh, downhill par four, and then you visualize it, then you hit your driver. Then you say, okay, I'm 145 yards from the green because it's a fairly short par four. I will use, let's say, just an example, an eight or a seven iron, whatever it is for the golfer, then select a target at the range and go for it. Then you say, oh, I missed the green here. So the next ball, you simulate a little chip, and then you do that. This is a better way to bring your skills from the practice to the course. Excellent. Because as a coach, often people say, Claude, I'm doing very good at the range, but I'm not that good on the course. So joking, you know me, Daniel, I like to make golf fun. I say to the golfer, you mean when you're at the range, you never get the ball outside of that big field of the range here? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, <laughs> because it's too big of a target. But you get the point. Yes, yes, yes. And you have, you have a lesson. Uh, Claude Rousseau is PGA Master, uh, Director of Instruction at uh, the Wailea Golf Club at Wailea on Maui. And, of course, uh, he's, he's teaching all day. You have back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-lessons. What time do you start? Uh, my first one this morning is at 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock. Okay. Well, yeah. we better let you go and get, you know, that mindset ready for teaching. If any of what Claude to uh, told you about sounds like Vision 54, it's because... He is also a Vision 54 coach, and he's Aimpoint certified, level three. So all of these things he brings to the table, he's lots of skill sets for you to take advantage of, and you can take a lesson with Claude Brousseau at Wailea Golf Club. And we'll be giving away a lesson to Claude Brousseau at Wailea 
today. And if you'd like to win that, you can call. The number is 545-1111. That's 545-1111. And, of course, our Maui listeners just call 808-545-1111. And you will win the lesson to learn with Claude Brousseau. Um, also, Claude, your book, um, a lot of people you know, like to look at pictures and read. It helps them ingest all this stuff. Um, your book is still available, isn't it? Correct. The best way to uh, have uh, autographs, a uh, copy of my book is uh, reaching me. You, uh, you can reach me at the Welea Golf Academy, uh, either by phone. The number is 808-875-7450. You hit number two, that's the extension. And then you can directly call me or text me on my mobile phone, and the number is 808 808- Eight five six nine four five eight, and then it'd be my pleasure to uh, ship a, a book to you, sign it. And by the way, Danielle, it's so interesting. One of your listeners won a lesson with me, yes. and he couldn't come on Maui, so we did a virtual lesson. Um, that person was on on her, on her phone on Oahu uh, with um, a nap. Then her husband was holding the phone, and I was coaching her from here, uh, well, yeah, so she can see where we are, and she really loved it. So that's, that's wonderful. That's an option as well if you people, for whatever reason, cannot uh, you know, travel to Maui. Right. It's, we've got all these restrictions now. I'm so glad that worked out. The virtual was a really, really good option to have. So um, thank you, Claude Brousseau. Do we have a winner already? We actually have a winner already. Let me get the name. Thank you, Nani. Okay. Um, Alvin, congratulations. I Honolulu, if you can't get to Maui, as you probably heard, Claude Brousseau can do a virtual lesson with you and can set that up. So Alvin, congratulations on your win. And you're going to have a lesson with Claude. Congratulations. And thank you, Claude. I'll get you guys in touch with each other. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Danielle. And thank you so much what you do for this great game for all of us here in the island. It's my pleasure. Aloha. Aloha. We're going to come, uh, you know, a lot going on in the world of golf. And uh, for kids and for women, we've got, of course, a look at some women's golf tools, the club, what's best for a woman. And I think we'll be able to explain a little bit about the terminology when they start talking about the shaft flex and all that stuff and what you should be using sometimes it's like being with you know a dealer in an auto shop you're not sure exactly what they're saying or do you really really need it um or is it really right for you and how do they know it's right for you and all these questions are in your mind as you're listening to all this terminology that you really don't know but before we get to that with mike johnson Jeff Brower, American Society of Golf Course Architects, past president, um, he's designed more than 50 courses. He's remodeled 80 more. His, his whole game plan is to get public course design quality to country club standards. There's the great junior golf design challenge, and I love this. This is for kids 17 and under. You design a, a hole for a golf course, and you submit it to the 
American Society of Golf Course Architects. We're going to talk with Jeff after this. My name is Danielle Tucker, and this is The Golf Club. Stay tuned. We'll be hitting the greens with Danielle Tucker when we return to The Golf Club. What do spalling cracks in your cement walls, floors, or ceilings have in common with termites? Both only get worse and more expensive to repair if left alone. What is the answer? RCM Construction. For over 30 years, they have repaired concrete buildings, garages, and decks. Stop the leaks. Call Richard Malmgren at 808-864-9520. RCM uses state-of-the-art solutions. RCM is COVID safe. Call RCM Construction, 864-9520 now. Seals Electric has kept Hawaii's power on for more than 60 years. High-rises, shopping and commercial centers, city and county projects. Have your project done on time, on budget, with a tradition of excellence and safety only Seals delivers. Update your facilities with the next generation of cost-saving products. We're COVID compliant. Call 842-1944. That's 842-1944. Across Hawaii, Seals Electric lights the way. Got a disaster in your business, high-rise, or home? Call MD Restoration, 24-7 emergency and disaster restoration service. We are totally, totally COVID compliant. Compliant. Floods, dirty water cleanup, fire damage repair, mold remediation, smoke damage, asbestos abatement, carpet and upholstery cleaning. Call 528-3434. We're also a licensed general contractor, insurance company experts. Need help now? MD Restoration takes the stress out of your disaster. Get MD cleaned now. Call 528-3434. Want more customers? Renovating high-rises, whatever your trade. Fill your restaurants, buy your cars, use your realty company, buy insurance, air-condition their offices. Advertise on Danielle Tucker's The Golf Club. We have quality listeners like yourself. We have ad packages that start at a few hundred dollars. Email your contact info to rick at radiogolfclub.com. That's rick at radiogolfclub.com. Advertise on Danielle Tucker's The Golf Club. Danielle Tucker's The Golf Club. That's rick at radiogolfclub.com. Our listeners are consumers, too. Man, I thought that was in the cup. It bounced out. I've been robbed. Now, back to the clubhouse with Danielle Tucker. And I want you to know about something that's happening um, for everybody virtually. It's the Marilyn Smith auction. 85 items are on auction in this Marilyn Smith auction. It's the Marilyn Smith and Founders Foundation auction. And they're raising money for the scholarship fund. And since 1999... They've awarded over $1 million to 199 young women who are pursuing their academic dreams. It could be professional golf. It may not be. Maybe they want to go to golf and they want to uh, go to play golf in college, but they've got other ideas. And you know how golf is. It works in all careers. It furthers careers. It's a really, really good tool to have. So you can help raise the money for these scholarships that are awarded by going to 32auctions.com forward slash M Smith. 32auctions.com forward slash M Smith. And you'll see all the stuff that's available for auction and the prices. 
And then tomorrow there's a Sunday tea. This is in the virtual mode. Okay, the Sunday tea, and it's between 1 and 3 Pacific time with Shirley Spork and Renee Powell and Nancy Lopez. And you can um, register. It's only $13, and that's kind of in honor of the 13 founders of the LPGA. So you contribute $13, and then you'll be able to listen in on the conversations that are being had uh, by the the person who's going to be emceeing the event and the and talking with Shirley Spork, Renee Powell, and Nancy. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Jeff Brower, American Society of Golf Course Architects past president. And he's got the Jeffrey D. Bauer Golfscapes in Arlington, Texas. That's his company name. He's designed more than 50 courses, remodeled 80 more, mostly in the public sector. And his kind of his mission is to raise public course design quality to country club standards. He also wrote the monthly golf course design column for golf course industry publication, thoughtful ideas, practical tips for golf courses, including promoting shorter tees and courses, woman and family friendly design. And he spent extensive field time to get returns on the investments for renovations, just ideas for golf courses to use. Uh, New schools of thought, but old school in preparing accurate plans for cost control combined with extensive field time to get the best results. Doesn't that sound like a perfect idea for one of your golf courses that you're considering? So let's bring Jeff into the clubhouse. Hi, Jeff. Well, good morning. How are you? Good. Very, very good. Um, it's a great day. And where are you calling from? Uh, I'm just sitting in my home home office here in Arlington, Texas. So uh, yeah, kind of half half uh, cheesed off here that it wasn't an in-person interview. I mean, I, <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to fly out there and get that perfect weather. <laughs> yes, I'm so sorry. Uh, we do have a wind advisory up and it's been raining a lot. Uh, the Emerald Course, the back nine is flooded. They can't use it. I hope to uh, it drain off pretty soon. But what's the weather like in Arlington? Well, we are cool and clear. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had those big ice storms yeah. that made national news. But uh, we came through it with flying colors. I had some family and, and friends who lost their water, lost their power for a couple of weeks. But uh, we are spring is sprung now. It's a few weeks late by Texas standards. Yeah, we we feel the same way. <laughs> spring. spring. <laughs> yeah, we could use some sun. So, uh, Jeff, I'm really impressed with what you do. But before we talk about some of the ideas in the book that you wrote, I'd like to talk to you about something that I just wrapped my uh, heart around when it came out first. The American Society of Golf Course Association uh, brought us the Great Junior Golf Design Challenge for 2021. And this is for kids 17 and under? Yes, anyone under 17 can supply. And we got in the first run in the 2020, got several hundred great, great entries. And what what do you want from the kids? Oh, I think it's just for fun. I mean, I had my grandson who's uh, becoming quite a little golfer himself, uh, you know, do up a design i felt obligated not to help them so to get to the you know top prize or anything uh it's like a kid science project you know you can almost tell looking at them maybe dad had something to do with them i don't know <laughs> but uh, you know if you look at any of our guys in the society and myself included you know, i played golf when i was 12 and i mean i came home you know drawing golf holes on napkins and, and whatever 
uh, Nathan Crace, uh, another ASGCA member, you know, he's told me the story. He did the same thing. Really, you, you talk to any golf course architect, they played golf, fell in love, and started doodling, you know, at age 12, and some of us just never stopped. So if we have any young people, you know, with that sort of a passion, you know, artistic bent, uh, I think it'd just be a little bit of great fun. And it's fun to look at them. All the entries, you know, you can tell, uh, you know, how maybe young minds, you know, interact or what they think of their first thinking about architecture before anyone educates them. So uh, it's uh, got to encourage you to go to the website and see, see the, uh, the entries. They're, they're impressive across the board. They are. They are impressive. And the website would be um, www.asgca.org. You can see that um, over there. And let me see now. This is um, just a golf hole, not a golf course, kids. Okay, so you don't have to worry. It's not huge. It's fun. And um, you can use uh, any, like, any par, any style or strategy, um, whimsical to serious. There were some really whimsy ones. (laughs) Yes. It was fun to see that, you know, their ideas. And um, there's also... You can send them, scan them, or uh, have your photos or designs sent by email to juniordesign at asgca.org. Okay? And you can find out more information at asgca.org slash the Great Junior Golf Design Challenge of 2021. Now, you know what? If you just put the Great Junior Golf Design Challenge in it'll probably take you straight to the website because Google is an incredible machine. Um, but, but if you just put it in asgca.org backslash or forward slash rather, uh, then you get the great, um, the slash dash, great dash. You have to put a dash in between every one of those. All right? Have I confused you completely? That's why I say just put in the Great Junior Golf Design Challenge of 2021, and I'm sure it'll come up for you. So what does the winning designer get? Well, I don't think there's anything last year, but we've upped it to a $250 grant for wow. the winning design. And then that'll also have a donation that uh, will go to the local first tea chapter for you know whatever winning design is. So they'll also have their name entered into a drawing, and at least two names will be selected to get some U.S. Kids Golf merchandise. So... Hey, it's fun, and it may be worth your while. Yeah, well, it's all worth your while. Getting kids to sit down and do something creative like that is great. Um, so many spend so much time on machines <laughs> playing yeah. games. Yeah, so this is this is wonderful, and, th- and thank you. Whose idea was it originally in 2020? Well, I think our current president, Forrest Richardson, you know, had a lot to do with it. And I think uh, he may have gotten the idea from uh, some some actually young architect uh, wannabe who you know, suggested that we do that. So uh, he made it happen, and uh, now we're all making it happen again. Yeah, I had a nice time talking with Forrest when he was on the show last year. Uh, very nice man, very dedicated. Yes, he is. As all you are, how do you become an American Society of Golf Course Architects member? Well, you know, again, the story will be similar to any architect you talk to, I think. But in my case, I played golf at 12. My next-door neighbors grew up in Chicago, and they were members of Medina Country Club. You know, so the very first course I played was Medina Number 3 on a Monday when the course was closed. Wow. Fell in love with that, came home, doodled, started doing, told my parents I was going to be a golf course architect. And uh, 
And then, you know, I've got a summer job working at a golf course. You know, I found a local golf course architect, Killian and Nugent. Then when I graduated from landscape architecture school, you know, I was able to get that job apprenticing. And then after seven years, just decided I would try it on my own. I made enough mistakes on their, their nickel. I thought it was time to start making mistakes on my nickel. So, uh, uh, that's a fairly typical process, although we do have architects that come from, you know, all backgrounds. I mean, obviously, you've got a Jack Nicholas from the pro ranks, uh, uh, you know, Pete Dye and Alice, he was an insurance salesman before he got into golf course architecture. And a, but the most common, uh, if you were a young person who wanted to become a golf course architect, would be to study landscape architecture. It's a unique field, but that's the closest uh, educational path that you could probably find. Wow. Thank you for that. that that's uh, great information. But at 12, you came home and said, I want to be a golf course architect to your parents? I did. And, uh, you know, they immediately said things like, why don't you want to do something where you use your brain? You know, typical <laughs> <laughs> enthusiastic and supportive parents from that generation, you know. <laughs> don't you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a yeah, dentist? Use your brain. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, well, you've done a lot, and, and I really like your philosophy of of bringing public golf course architecture up to the quality of country club architecture. Tell me where you came to that conclusion. How did you go into the public well, field? Well, I mean, that was a direct result of playing Medina. You know, my neighbors were you know members. My father was not the country club kind of guy, so my next 100 rounds were at a public course. And back in those days, I mean, there was a real big difference between the muni course or, you know, the public course and, and the country club. And even at age 12, I saw the difference. And uh, realizing that I'd probably be playing public courses most of my time, it just made sense that they sh- there shouldn't be such a wide gap. And then uh, myself and a lot of other architects coming through the 80s when we came of age, I think we pretty much made that happen with, the, you know, the country club of a day, you know, where people were getting pretty close to country club quality, sometimes even more, you know, by going to play public courses. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. We have a couple of really nice ones. Um, so you made a book that uh, a lot of um, golf course uh, maintenance crews and and golf course owners and managers will probably really benefit. Um, Designing for ease of maintenance is one of the chapters that I picked up. And, you know, at least six real pin positions on on a tee, but preferably 14 to 21. That's for busier courses. Tell us why. Yeah. Well, it it really just does take your typical green, you know, the four to five foot around the hole, uh, 14, 21 days to heal back, you know, to the kind of perfection the golfers want around the hole. Uh, and uh, oddly enough, if you got a private club with not a lot of play and a big budget, it might take just seven or eight days. you get got a public course with lower budgets, less aggressive maintenance practices, which really do make a difference, and it does take 21 days. Uh, so that is just, you know, you can't fool Mother Nature. That's just what it takes. And so, you know, when you're de- designing a golf course, especially in my case, when mostly public, you know, you can really design in a problem by not considering that, by you know, by making the golf course, you know, too steep to putt or whatever. So, yeah, that's, that's just one of those kind of practical things that needs to be figured into any design is moving that cup around. Moving tee spots around is the same thing, and particularly when you get to the driving range where, you know, a year's worth of tee spots probably takes about an acre worth of tee to, to do that practically. Wow. Um, the name of the book is Designs on a Better Golf Course, Practical Answers 
to Common Questions for Green Committees. It's available Amazon from the ASGCA Foundation um, and conceived by past president Jeff Bauer. We're speaking with him now, providing information on more than 50 topics that may be raised by Green Committee members and other golf course decision makers as they consider improvements at their facilities. So you, you probably want to pick this one up because it's got so many different things. For um, turf choice, I mean, go with natural, right? Well, you know, it, it's it's a big decision. I mean, there's a lot of turf varieties. It's it, a lot of discussion. Uh, and maybe back in the 80s when golf was booming, you know, the, the prime criteria would have been genetic purity so that you don't have, you know, perfect color. You have, you know, a very smooth surface. You know, now water uh, drought tolerance and uh, genetic diversity so that it can, you know, and as well as wear tolerance, those are the kind of things you use to choose. And again, there's maybe a hundred different grasses you can use on the green, and each one of them has a little different strength characteristic in your area. And uh, so usually you go to superintendents who've grown each to see what the problems are. But uh, you know, it's just not an automatic decision like it was 20 years ago. There was two choices back then, and now, like I say, literally at least 20 that make sense in most areas of the country. Wow. That's incredible. How do those different grasses get designed? It's, you know, it's just amazing what we can do or discover or uh, alter so that it, it can use less water. That must be a big consideration when you are working with public golf courses. Well, well, any course, really. I mean, water is a big political issue. Uh, you know, the restrictions are getting more and more, and the, the optics of using, you know, fresh water to irrigate golf courses is just not good in today's political environment. So, actually, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm doing a master plan for a public course right now, and one of their problems is they don't have enough water sources. So it's a combination of figuring out a way to use less water and then maybe finding them and digging them another well. Yeah that uh, gets the capacity. So, yeah, that's just one of those big issues. You know, the genesis of the book was I don't go to these green committee meetings or city council meetings. You know, no one says, so how does the design principles of the 12th hole at St. Andrews affect our project? You know, nobody asks that. I mean, the kind of questions that face golf courses now is, yeah, how much water do we need? Where do we get it? How do we reduce its use? And those kinds of things. And so we address that. Each The book is set up, really, you don't even have to read it from front to back. Like I say, it's sort of on a little red book format from uh, Harvey Pinnock, uh, do that for golf courses. And if you want to know how big your green should be or how wide your fairway should be, I mean, obviously we don't prescribe that for you, but we we give you, you know, some of the parameters a golf course architect would think if, if he was advising you in person and on site. That's wonderful. Yeah, the different ones are greens, green surround and complex equipment and golfer access, green approach, bunkers, bunker banks and noses, cart paths, fairways, roughs, trees. In any renovation, I love this, get the as-built design. Does every, I mean, as-built drawings, every architect, everybody, anybody who's doing a building, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You need those as-built. That's what made me my chuckle when I read that. That's true. Like you see the Chip and Joanna, you know. Their their biggest problems they start tearing into walls and they never know what's there. And <laughs> on a golf course, you know, you've got underground drainage pipes, you've got underground irrigation, and no one seems to know where it is. I mean, getting those as built drawings is always an issue, and but it's it's a lifesaver as any superintendent on an old course will tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what what do you say to like what's the biggest complaint 
that golf course architects and people who run golf courses have that they'd like golfers who are now going out to enjoy themselves. What would you like them to do? What's what would you like them to do? Well, when we get into a greens committee, the you know the biggest complaint is you know the golfers. If you really dig down to their questions or their design suggestions, it's always pretty self-serving. You know, if you hit a slice, you know that bunker probably ought to go on the other side of the fairway. Uh, in fact, Charles Blair McDonald, the first American architect, was uh, was the first one to. <laughs> he was guilty of that himself in his designs, and you know the superintendent will be there, and they obviously want you to design something that's easy to maintain. But you know nobody wants it to be dead flat without character. <laughs> A good player says one thing. You know, women are temp- typically underrepresented in these meetings, and, and but they when you get a chance to talk to them, they say something else. So. The golf course architect is still really the best one to pull all together, all of those those perspectives and and put them into a you know, design. And again, some people just say, "Well, why would he? You know, why would he put a bunker there?" And you know, like it's usually because you know, they hit into it too often. And you know, it's a funny thing about bunker placement. Everyone wants and no one wants bunkers to see no action because you know for the money they cost to build and maintain, if no one ever hits in them. No one wants them to see too much action. You know, if everybody gets in them, nobody likes that. So that's maybe the whole challenge of golf architecture is figure out what's the proper amount of action the sand bunker should get when you locate one. <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> the percentages. All right. And is there anything that they, you, you guys want us to do when we're on the golf course? Could we behave better, treat the, the ground better, treat the area better? Well, yeah, that would be more in the superintendent's realm. Yeah, this uh, although is true. I will say yeah. we have to avoid designing you know, funnels to get all the ball marks down to one place. But, you know, golf has two components. I mean, there's the physical thing, you know, a repetitive swing where you can get the ball up in the air and down the fairway. Uh, but it, real golfers know that the, the best part of golf is outwitting the architect. Yes. And uh, seeing, you know, where you should play the thing, where, you know, where you can. Uh, you know, get an advantage where you should play safe. I mean, if you add that mental component of, of trying to think your way through the golf course on the lines, you know, of course, would never be good as a Jack Nicholas or Ben Hogan, but uh, or Tiger Woods. But you know, that just makes the game a lot more fun. So we do hope people understand architecture again beyond the self-serving way. And, uh, again, we think it'll help them enjoy the game of golf. You're just trying to protect the green. That's all there is to it. And we just try to turn the golf, uh, the scorecard around to try to get an idea of how you're doing that so we can get in. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Have a great day out there. You too. Jeff Brower, American Society of Golf Course Architects, past president. He is Jeffrey D. Bauer, Golfscapes in Arlington, Texas. And the name of the book, again, is Designs on a Better Golf Course, Practical Answers to Common Questions for Greens Committees. It's available on Amazon. We're going to come back, of course, and um, I've got this great person who's going to tell us one of, and I want Lana, you know, um, or Lana, I want to say thank you for being a listener and for winning because we've got another Pitch Fix 2.5 and an Aqua Brush. For a winner who's going to call the number 808-545-1111, that's a Pitch Fix 2.5, Golf Digest, um, third consecutive year, ruled it the best divot repair tool. So that Pitch Fix Fusion 2.5, plus the Aqua Brush, which is really cool to clean out the grooves in your irons, okay? 
808-545-1111. And I'll send that to you. And we have Mike Johnson, who's going to help us figure out how women should go shopping for golf clubs. You know, what should you know? What should you find? Are there women's golf clubs? Did you just walk into the women's golf club section? We'll have Mike Johnson on right after this. My name is Danielle Tucker, and this is The Golf Club. Stay tuned. We'll be hitting the greens with Danielle Tucker when we return to The Golf Club. After 35 years in business, Aloha Power Equipment is moving to a larger location. Now it's all gotta go. Shindaibu and Mariyama up to 25% off. Honda lawnmowers starting at $329. Honda EU2200i generators for $999. All fuel, oil, and lines 25% off. Save big on used equipment, unclaimed repair jobs, display stands. Everything must go. Aloha Power Equipment's moving sale. The month of September. Come early for the best selection. Weed it, whack it, mow it, blow it. Aloha Power Equipment, Sand Island and Waipahu. What's worse than living with constant pain? Not doing anything about it. Back, neck, hip, knee, all things chronic pain. Who do I see? Dr. Jonathan Carlson at Hawaii Pain and Spine Clinic on Oahu, where the aloha spirit meets innovation and patient care. Dr. Carlson is a double board certified pain specialist. Call 452-1379 now. Don't spend another hour in pain. Go to hawaiipain.com for more information. Call 452-1379-452-1379 for an appointment at Hawaii Pain and Spine. Reclaim your life with Dr. Carlson. Got a disaster in your business, high-rise, or home? Call MD Restoration, 24-7 Emergency and Disaster Restoration Service. We are totally, totally COVID compliant. Compliant. Floods, dirty water cleanup, fire damage repair, mold remediation, smoke damage, asbestos abatement, carpet and upholstery cleaning. Call 528-3434. We're also a licensed general contractor, insurance company experts. Need help now? MD Restoration takes the stress out of your disaster. Get MD cleaned now. Call 528-3434. KPUA Hilo K-O-R-L-Y-N-I Honolulu. What do spalling cracks in your cement walls, floors, or ceilings have in common with termites? Both only get worse and more expensive to repair if left alone. What is the answer? RCM Construction. For over 30 years, they have repaired concrete buildings, garages, and decks. Stopped the leaks. Call Richard Malmgren at 808-864-9520. RCM uses state-of-the-art solutions. RCM is COVID safe. Call RCM Construction, 864-9520 now. The Golf Club Tip number 47. When mad about your slice, don't hit the tree with your driver. Break it over your knee. Now, back to the golf club with Danielle Tucker. It sounds so painful. Mike Johnson, 25 years at Golf Digest, a senior equipment editor, Hotlist team member. Welcome into the clubhouse. Well, it's great to be with you and listening to the tail end of uh, Jeff's segment. I spent two stints as Grounds and Greens chair at my club, and that all sounded way too familiar. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, it must be really hard getting um, consensus. Indeed. Every, everybody has, you know, everyone's an armchair architect. Yes, exactly. So, I, you know, Lana won, and she, uh, she won exactly, you know, the Aqua Brush and Pitch Fix uh, 2.5, um, the Fusion 2.5. And she said, you know, I was listening, and I, where are the women's clubs? I want women's golf clubs. And how do I find women's golf clubs? It was. It's an interesting question, and I think you know a lot of people think of Ping Golf as um, a woman's golf club, but so many men use Ping Golf clubs and love them. Um, what is the answer to the question? You know, what's a woman's golf club? Well, it's a great question, and it's one we get all the time when our hot list comes out. You know, people say this is awesome, but where where are the women's clubs? And you know, not to be flippant, but our answer is kind of like, you're looking at them. Um, I mean, not to be, there are certainly sets that are designed specifically for women. But I think first things first is, you know, we need to get out of the mindset of men golfers and women golfers. They're not men golfers. There are not women golfers. There are just golfers. And the key is finding what the right clubs are for that specific person because we're all different. Uh, what I would recommend for my wife, who is in a really slow swinger and not highly skilled in the game, is different than what I would recommend for one of my many female colleagues at Golf Digest, many of whom are really talented and swing pretty fast. So I, I think it's best to start kind of with that premise. But once you get into that, uh, there, there are certain sets that companies make for specifically aimed at women. Uh, Callaway Reva, Cleveland Bloom, Ping Gelay 2, uh, Cobra F-Max Airspeed, TaylorMade Kalea 3.0, and the Tar Edge Moda Silk. I mean, there are, what, six or seven options that are kind of one-stop shops where if you think you're kind of fit the typical female profile of moderate swing speed and trying to get the ball up in the air, and you don't really want to go for a club fitting, although I don't understand why people wouldn't want that. But I understand that, you know, they, the time and the commitment maybe is not where you're at. Those are really excellent options to explore for the female golfer. You know, that's a good question about why wouldn't you want to. I think a lot of people are going into an unfamiliar situation and they're as new to the game or if they, even if they've been in the game for a long time. You know, uh, in Lana's case, she she plays five times a week. So she's playing golf all the time and uh, benefiting from a uh, fitting. It sounds like, okay, a fitting. What is a fitting? Well, really a, a fitting. Tell us what a fitting is. Yeah. And, and I think it's one of the frustrations of all my years in equipment coverage. I still hear people say, I'm not good enough to get fit for equipment. And that is just so off base because the person who's really not a great player, you know, maybe they feel uh, they're really inconsistent and they won't benefit from a fitting. What they need to understand is you may not be a great player as what people define a great player to be, but every golfer's swing has a DNA to it. You, you will probably be doing certain things repeatedly and if you get fit, 
a good club fitter can home in on that and mitigate your problems. You know, it may be more draw biased or it might be giving you more loft to get the ball up in the air if you're hitting it too low. But golfers who are not highly skilled still do tend to do the same thing over and over and over again. And if you're fit to your clubs, you can really improve upon that. Whereas if you are Dustin Johnson, yes, you're going to get dialed into your equipment, but he's skilled enough to actually overcome ill-fitted equipment if he was presented with it. Yeah, and he wouldn't want to do that in tournaments. Um, so let's say you go to a fitting um, you walk in the door and it's kind of like, all right, there's so many things all around you. And you say to the salesman in the, in the shop, hi, um, my budget is, and I'm looking for, I mean, h- how do you present yourself? I'm, I'm here for a club fitting, but I, I really can't afford the most expensive things. Yeah. And, and I think a, a good club fitter will sit down with you before you even take a swing and ask you a series of questions. And it's all designed to kind of get you fit into your comfort level. Hey, if I went for a club fitting today, I would be up front with them. I'm not looking to spend $2,000 for a set of irons. You know, so if you've got $2,000 sets of irons you're thinking of for me, you know, let's just kick those to the curb. <laughs> um, yes. so, so you definitely be up front with what your uh, desires are, what your Abilities are what your, you know, what, what I call threshold for pain is financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all we all have a different cost benefit analysis that we go through, and you know, then your fitter can really narrow the search down. And, and I think that's the best part of being fit. It's not only getting you in what's best for you, but it's narrowing down your search to a manageable number where you can say. You know, option B maybe didn't go the furthest, but I really like how it looks and sounds, so I I want that. It's not just saying, boom, this is for you. Yeah, that's a really good point, because how it feels or how it it feels to you, and I'm not just saying how the club feels in your hand. I'm saying how it feels in general. Feel the club, looking at the club, all the feelings that you get because of this club. And it's amazing how many feelings you get with a club. I mean, it makes you feel comfortable. You, it's like putting on a pair of clothes that you've worn a long time. And you're like, Oh, this is really, this is very good. Um, let's okay. Hanma says they, they have a women's iron set with a graphite golf shaft L flex. Now there's terminology that it's like, you're talking Greek to me right now. You know, I'm walking in and I'm, I don't really, you know, I don't really even feel like I should be getting fit because I don't think I'm good enough, but obviously I'm told that I should get fit because it'll be great for me. But now I don't even understand the terminology. What does L-Flex mean with a graphite? Well, you know, L-Flex to to me is an outdated term. I mean, it means ladies flex. And and again, it's um, in speaking with club fitters, there are a number of female golfers that they would never put in a ladies flex club. Uh, you know, they might want to put them more in a, a senior flex club uh, because, you know, that's geared to a certain swing speed type. Again, going back to my earlier point of I would try to get out of the habit of thinking of men and women golfers. I would think more about really slow swing speed, 
kind of slow swing speed, moderate swing speed, you know, faster swing speed, and, and those will give you some hints. I mean, we hear a lot in the equipment realm of, you know, high launch, low spin is nirvana. If you, if you achieve that combination, it'll be great. Well, not so fast. If you're a really fast swinger, low spin is what you want. That's going to benefit you almost regardless of your launch. If you're a slower swinger, you know, and, and most women are, not all, but, but the high majority of every day are slow to moderate swing speeds, launch is what they want. You want to get the ball up in the air, even if it comes with extra spin, because that extra spin will help keep the ball up in the air. So if you consider yourself a, just kind of a typical everyday golfer with a slower to moderate swing speed, look at a driver with 12, 13 degrees loft. You know, that, that's going to really help you. Look at fairway woods at, you know, 18, 19, 20 degrees loft. And, and look at starting your iron set at the 6 or 7 iron. Um, you know, the recent LPGA event, there were, you know, over 20 players who started their iron set at the 6, and a handful who started it at the 7. Wow. And these are the best female players on earth. If they're starting their iron set there, you have no business having a four or five iron in the bag. And quite frankly, I probably don't either. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then you just weighed down. You got all that weight in your, in your bag and you're not even using it. So it, it, when, you know, when they want to sell you eight to 10 clubs uh, while other, you know, well, why don't I have 14 clubs in my bag? I'm supposed to have 14 clubs. Not necessarily. Yes. Absolutely not necessarily. And some of those complete sets that I rifled off earlier, many of them come with less than 14 clubs in the bag because they understand this. As your swing speed gets slower, your distance gaps compress. So whereas a typical male with a, you know, kind of fast swing speed or or woman, you know, uh, Hallie Ledbetter, who I work with, you know, she's great. She's a scratch player and swings the club really fast their yardage gaps are going to be that 10, 12 yards between clubs. Much slower swingers, male or female, that yardage gap is going to be closer to six to eight yards. And when you get down to the four iron, five iron, six iron, the slower swinger might actually find they hit the six iron further than the five or four iron because they're actually getting the ball up in the air. Yes, yes, yes. I always go to my seven. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The trusty seven iron. I have faith in you. And that, of course, always makes it better. If you don't have faith in the club, then you're already handicapping yourself. It's kind of what Claude Brousseau had. You know, don't think about it. You have to trust your swing, and it's going to hit the club, the ball, and everything is going to be all right. Uh, Don't stare at it too long. I love that tension and, and all the stuff that that creates looking at the ball, thinking about, you know, am I going to hit it? Is it going to work? What do I have to do? So um, I digress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, because it goes back to what I said before, right? You may end up with a club that's not the furthest one, but you like the look and you like the sound and you like the feel, and therefore your confidence level increases dramatically, making it a better club for you. Yes, Yes. Now, and if you're sitting there, say, or you're standing or walking or, uh, you know, you're saying, I don't know my swing speed. Well, that's part of the fitting. 
How do they do that? How do they figure that out? Well, you know, obviously in this day and age, uh, any fitting that's not conducted with a launch monitor that can tell you exactly how fast you're swinging and what the launch angle is of the ball, what the spin is of the ball, and, and the distances that accompany that is, is not a real fitting. But even I would implore people, even if you are not inclined to go get a full-blown fitting from a professional who does it for a living, we, we all probably know golfers who are among more skilled players and who have a pretty good, you know, grasp on the game of golf. And, you know, I, I'm not a club fitter, but I could look at someone and say, yes, you're a slow swinger, you're a moderate swinger, you're a fast swinger, and you probably should be looking at least starting here and, and go from there. So uh, it's not the preferred method. But I'm a realist and understand 100% of golfers aren't going to go for a professional fitting. But something is better than nothing when you're starting out. There you go. <laughs> so, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sharing this segment from the show um, on all of my, you know, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Danielle Tucker on Instagram. I'm the Golf Club. I'm DT808 Traffic. I'm Danielle Tucker on multiple Facebook pages. I share it via SoundCloud. I'll edit this out. So you can listen to this again. You can get all of the names of those different uh, club manufacturers that make the women's bag, you know, sets that you don't have clubs that you don't need to carry around with you and get into your car and get them out of your car and all that and then take care of them, (laughs) which, of course, you (laughs) want to do after you've spent a lot of money. Taking care of them is important. And that's why we gave away the Aqua Brush so you can clean, and we've got a way, this, um, the Pitch Fix 2.5, so you can take care of that pitch mark. And Noah, congratulations, you're the winner. Mike Johnson, uh, 25 years at Golf Digest, you are such a, a you are a gem. Uh, senior Equipment Editor, Hotlist Team Member, thank you for being on the show. Danielle, it's my pleasure. Anytime, have a great day. You too. Aloha. Uh, we're going to have a great day. It's, it, I see some sun actually coming forth, and I don't see a lot of wind, but we're all under a wind advisory the last time I checked. So don't be surprised if it's going to be windy in some areas. And you'll need to bring your wind game, of course. That's really important. If you're not going to get out, uh, and there's so much golf going on right now that you can watch on television. We were talking with Ron Syrak earlier, the Symmetra Tour, the Carlisle Arizona Women's Golf Classic at Longbow Golf Course, kicking everything off. And on the Corn Ferry Tour, the Chitimacha Louisiana Open's happening. Uh, the European Tour has the magical Kenya Open. It's always a kick watching the European Tour when they're in countries like Kenya. You never know what wildlife is going to be on the course <laughs> And I don't know, but uh, at the Honda Classic, they're all taken off their clothes. Um, it's been weird watching one after another of the guys just stripping down to their underwear and uh, getting the ball out of the water because they're, they're having a little bit of trouble with this one particular, and it's always the same spot. And they're jumping in there, and, and, the, and the television guys are like, I don't know if we can stay on this shot much longer because it's frontal underwear, you know, and then you Oh, it's so interesting watching golf. You never know what you're going to get. I want to thank the people who make this show possible for us to have all this fun together. I want to thank RCM Construction. 
30-year leader in spalling repairs across Hawaii. Spalling? Oh, yeah. Uh, That's when water, you know, that stuff that gets into the cracks and the bricks and the concrete and the natural stone, and then everything starts peeling or flaking off, and you got little bits of concrete. You're wondering, where'd this come from? It weakens the structure, and water is really powerful. So uh, spalling cracks in your uh, cement destroy the strength of your structure, bottom line. You need to call Richard. The number is 864-9520. It won't get better. It'll just get worse. It won't stay the same. It'll just get worse. Call RCM COVID Safe State of the Art Solutions RCM Construction 864-9520. MD Restoration for flood or fire disasters. You need help. Right away, right away, 24-7, they'll be there. When disaster strikes, you need to call MD Restoration 528-3434. Restoration service, COVID compliant, mold remediation, flood, fire, dirty water cleanup, carpet, upholstery cleaning. They're licensed contractors on top of everything else. That's MD Restoration. Hawaii Pain and Spine, Dr. Jonathan Carlson. Yeah, what is worse than living without pain, uh, with constant pain? It's being, you know, just going, okay, I'm just going to be in pain for the rest of my life and taking umpteen number of pills to try to stop it. No, go see Dr. Jonathan Carlson at the Hawaii Pain and Spine Clinic. The number is 452-1379. Sue's Electric has kept Hawaii's power on for more than 60 years. High-rises. Shopping and commercial centers, city and state projects. Have your project done on time, on budget, COVID compliant. That is Sue's Electric. The number is 842-1944. And Aloha Power Equipment, the moving sale continues until the store is empty and they put power at your fingertips, of course. I'm Danielle Tucker. This is the Golf Club. You've been listening to the award-winning Golf Club Radio Show with Danielle Tucker on the Golf Club Network statewide. Tune in next week and we'll tee it up together only on the Golf Club. Copyright 2021.